Hello everyone, I wish you a very warm welcome back to our podcast. I am Rika and this is a podcast of Promote Ukraine. This series is called Ukraine Up to Date and we bring out this podcast every Sunday where we put together the most interesting, relevant and important topics and events about Ukraine and yeah, talk a little bit about it. So in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, don't worry, we keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with this week's topics, shall we? I would like to start this episode by talking about the important topic of remembering the defenders of the Donetsk airport. As you might know, this week on Wednesday the 20th of January, Ukraine honors the memory of the defenders of the Donetsk airport, which is one of the symbols of Russia's war against Ukraine. The Ukrainian military, who held the line at this strategic facility, sustained the largest losses on the 20th of January 2015. According to the Strategic Communications Department of the Office of the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, 109 service persons were killed defending the Donetsk airport between September 2014 and January 2015. Some 446 soldiers were wounded and six more are listed as missing. President Vladimir Zelensky took part in the morning's uh, ceremony held near the building of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine. He said, and I quote, Ukrainian soldiers at the front line prove every day that neither the enemy's armed provocations nor the severe frosts will force them to retreat from, from the land. Every day we thank them for the peaceful sky over our cities and villages and remember the names of those who died defending the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. We must do everything possible to ensure that the list of names read out near the memory bowl does not grow and that peace finally reigns in Ukraine. Um, He then laid flowers at the memory bell and talked to the relatives of the fallen soldiers. As a reminder, the defense of the Donetsk airport lasted for 242 days uh, from the 26th of May 2014 to the 21st of January 2015. In the last days, the militants, once again calling for a ceasefire to evacuate their wounded and killed soldiers, mined the load-bearing structures of the new terminal and blew them up. The wreckage of the concrete structures covered the remaining defenders, and only then the Ukrainian military retreated to other buildings of the airport and surrounding localities. The UK government will provide support to the Ministry of Reintegration of Temporarily Occupied Territories of Ukraine in launching a strategy for the economic transformation of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions. The strategy aims to create a sort of business model for these regions to attract business and investment, um, resulting in job creation and better better economic opportunities of local population. The intention was announced at a meeting between Deputy Prime Minister of Ukraine, the Minister for Reintegration of Temporarily Occupied Territories, Alexei Reznikov, and British Ambassador Extraordinary and Plenipotentiary to Ukraine, Melinda Simmons, regarding the launch of the Donbass Economic Transformation Strategy Support Project. In particular, this project is funded by the British Embassy via the Good Governance Foundation, or in short, uh, GGF, and aims to support the Ministry in developing a strategy for economic development of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions with a focus on government-controlled territories in Donbass. Alexei Reznikov said, 
It is important that we are launching this project aimed at forming the economic development strategy for the Donetsk and Luhansk regions with the United Kingdom, as it is one of the key elements of our proactive plan. I sincerely thank my British colleagues for joining our work. Everyone in the development of the strategy was well aware that we have a framework within which we must find the most effective ways to create comfortable conditions for people, develop communities and build peace. And as a reminder, in pursuance of the government's decision on the adoption of the concept, the Minister, Ministry of Reintegration of Temporarily Occupied Territories plans to develop a strategy for economic development of Donetsk and Luhansk regions based on 42 international cases and submitted to the Cabinet of Ministers for approval by April 2021. The Crimean Platform Summit, uh, with the participation of foreign leaders, is scheduled for the 23rd of August 2021. The press service of the Office of the President of Ukraine reported citing a statement by Deputy Head of the President's Office, Ihor Rovka. He stressed the need to make concrete decisions on the deoccupation of the peninsula at the Crimean Platform Summit. Uh, Rovka said, we do not need to hold a summit and forget about this issue again. Therefore, after the summit, a declaration should obviously appear, and more importantly, a coordinated international mechanism for the deoccupation of Crimea and the protection of the rights of Ukrainians in Crimea. According to him, the summit is planned to be connected with celebrations on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of Ukraine's independence. President Vladimir Zelensky, during his phone conversations with foreign leaders, invited them to take part in these events. As a reminder, on the 23rd of September 2020, President Zelensky presented the concept of the Crimean platform to the UN and invited international partners to take part in this initiative in order to join efforts to deoccupy Crimea. According to preliminary plans, the Crimean platform will operate at several levels. The first and the highest is the political level, which will be joined by heads of foreign states and governments. The second is the level of um, foreign and defense ministers. The third is the interparliamentary level. And the fourth involves the participation of non-governmental experts. An expert network will be created to increase the effectiveness of the state's actions, as well as to attract additional intellectual resources to the platform. And for this next topic, we are still staying in Crimea. Um, because Ukrainian diplomats are looking for opportunities to bring Russian company Yandex to justice for its activities in the occupied Crimea. Um, this is what the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Ukraine said in response to an inquiry from the Crimea Realities Project. Um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine stressed, uh, and I quote, Despite the fact that Yandex activities in the Russian-occupied Crimea are not yet subjected to EU sanctions regarding Crimea, we continue to work with European partners to seek opportunities to hold the company accountable for such activities. As noted, the classification of Yandex actions and the determination of the presence of signs of violation of le legislation of Ukraine on the legal status of the temporarily occupied territory fall within the jurisdiction of the relevant law enforcement agencies of Ukraine. An appropriate legal analysis is currently underway. 
The Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine reminded that Yandex operations on the territory of Ukraine are prohibited in accordance with the law of Ukraine on sanctions dated the 14th of August 2014. Meanwhile, uh, Russian company Yandex is recruiting employees in the occupied Crimea. Um, the announcement was published on the company's official website. And earlier, BBC reported that a MasterCard World Card from Yandex Money could be ordered in Sevastopol. To do this, it is enough to write down Sevastopol in the address field as a city belonging to Krasnodar territory of the Russian Federation. Uh, as a reminder, in 2015, Yandex money fell under US sanctions, but then the reason was its connection with uh, Sparebank. The Russian structure of Yandex is 99.9% owned by a Dutch resident Yandex AV. The Security Service of Ukraine, or SBU, neutralized 600 cyber attacks and cyber incidents launched on Ukrainian government information resources and critical infrastructure facilities in 2020. During this period, the SBU neutralized 20 groups involved in many cyber attacks and blocked more than 2,600 communities with 1 million followers and 21 botnets with about 60,000 accounts. Many of these attacks are reported to have been tools of hybrid aggression. Their goal is to reduce the level of information security of Ukraine or to spread harmful content. In particular, 40 people were prosecuted for spreading anti-Ukrainian propaganda and another 32 people were convicted. Some 158 foreigners involved in online propaganda of separatism were banned from entering Ukraine. In addition, Ukraine counteracted unauthorized interference with computers and automated networks. In particular, during a special operation, the SBU revealed a scheme that caused large-scale damage to the state's economy. It was organized by former leadership of the state tax service. According to estimates, tax fraud and conversion centers caused 35 billion hryvnia of state losses. SBU cyber experts also exposed six criminal groups that hacked the database of the Ministry of Justice and entered invalid data into state registers. The prisoner transfer announced by the puppet pro-Russian authorities of non-government controlled territories of Donbass has been suspended. The exact number of illegally detained people whom the militants intend to transfer to Ukraine is still unknown, um, yeah, this is what the head of the Ukrainian delegation to the Trilateral Contact Group on Donbass, or in short TCG, Leonid Kravchuk, stated. Um, the first president of Ukraine said, and I quote, um, This issue has already stopped and is very simple. The plane supposed to bring people did not take off. Not because there is no fuel or anything else. A simple question arises. Who is on the plane? Do these people have passports? Are they included in the relevant register? This is not a horseback riding trip. This is a very long and interstate route. First, they fly to Donetsk to Rostov-on-Don, then from Rostov-on-Don to Minsk, and then from Minsk to Ukraine. This is already an impossible task. As known, on the 16th of January, representative of the militants said that they were ready to unilaterally transfer some convicted Ukrainian citizens through the mediation of one of the leaders of the opposition platform, 
the For Life Party. Viktor Medvedchuk, who is known for his non-recognition of Russian aggression against Ukraine and um, has close personal relations with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, preliminary information about the transfer of nine people appeared. According to Ukrainian Parliament Commis Commissioner for Human Rights, Lyudmila Denisova, the so-called Luhansk People's Republic is going to release three people and the Donetsk People's Republic six. On the 20th of January, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine stated that the so-called exchange had been specifically arranged by the Russian Federation. Kyiv accused Moscow of deciding to transfer the prisoners to Medvedchuk rather than to the official authorities in order to strike at the Normandy format and the trilateral contact group, which conduct systematic work to release detainees. According to Serhii Harmash, a representative of certain districts of Donetsk region to the TCG from Ukraine, the initiative of the Russian side to unilaterally transfer detainees to Ukrainian territory without the participation of Ukrainian representatives in the Minsk process is not new, and Russia is doing this for political and not humanitarian purposes. Um, Harmash stressed that the issue of this exchange has not been raised by any of the parties at all, since this is not an exchange, but a private initiative. This fact can be regarded as the victory of Mrs. Denisova. Meanwhile, on the 21st of January, the press service of the opposition platform for Life Party published Medvedchuk's appeal to Ivan Bakanov, the head of the security service of Ukraine, in which the politician asked for permission to enter the non-government controlled territory. The letter notes that the politician intends to accompany four Ukrainian citizens leaving the occupied territory through the Mayorsk checkpoint instead of nine people, as the ombudsperson mentioned. The letter mentions the names of illegally detained women whom the militants are ready to release. The 59-year-old Natalia Savchenko from Luhansk, 30-year-old Katerina Kotenko from uh, Stakhane, 42-year-old uh, Natalia Stacenko and 47-year-old Svetlana Dovhal from Donetsk. Uh, according to the latest information, all four hostages have been returned to the places of detention. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine has responded to the statement of the Russian Federation to the desire of official Kyiv to involve the United States in the Normandy format indicates an intention to move away from the implementation of the Minsk agreements. The Ministry considers such statements to be another unsuccessful attempt to justify the Kremlin's aggressive policy towards Ukraine, um, the U uh, Foreign Ministry spokesman Oleg Nikolenko said. He said, I quote, Unlike the Russian Federation, Ukraine is consistently working to implement the Minsk agreements, not to destroy them, and is making efforts to peacefully resolve the Russian-Ukrainian armed conflict in Donetsk and Luhansk regions. On our side, all possible steps have been taken uh, to implement the decisions of the last Paris summit of the leaders of the Normandy format countries on security, humanitarian and political tracks. Uh, the diplomat also noted, at the same time, Ukrainian proposals and initiatives, including at the level of the trilateral contact group, are constantly blocked. Therefore, it is quite obvious that a political and diplomatic settlement is not yet part of Kremlin's plans. 
Nikolenko said that Ukraine sees no signs that Russia has decided to finally end the conflict and withdraw its armed forces, uh, mercenaries and other legal armed groups from the occupied areas of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Uh, Russia continues its policy of dragging out the peace process under various pretexts, inciting violence in Donbas, sending military convoys and personnel across an uncontrolled section of the state border. He added that Ukraine will continue to make every effort to achieve a peaceful settlement and implement the agreements reached within the Norman format and the TCG. As a reminder, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Russian Federation stated that Ukraine wants to involve the United States in the Normandy format, allegedly in order to move away from the implementation of the Minsk agreements. The Russian ministry believes that the increase in the number of participants in the negotiation process is possibly only on the basis of a consensus which does currently not exist. So that was it with this week's podcast. Make sure to share your thoughts with us and we would be very happy if you would rate this podcast and maybe write a review. If you want to have some more information and read articles on other topics as well, you can visit promoteukraine.org. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. You can find us everywhere under the name Promote Ukraine. And for now, I wish you a wonderful start into the week and we'll be back next Sunday with some fresh and new information.